0: Well, we are so glad to have the opportunity to gather around God's holy word uh, this morning. I want to welcome all of you again to, uh, to the live stream as well and, uh, and just say we're so thankful that the Lord has created space for us to be connected one with another, those who are able to be present with us here in this uh, physical room, but those who are able to spiritually join together as brothers and sisters in Christ uh, as we worship uh, today we're going to dig into uh, the Gospel of Matthew uh, chapter 7. It's a portion of the Sermon on the Mount beginning in verse 7 and following. Uh, and if you have your Bibles, I hope you'll turn with me there. If not, you could follow along with, uh, with me through the words on the screen. Hear now the word of the Lord. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find... So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing. So we give thanks to Lord God Almighty. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, we do come before you in this space and time thankful for your word, for the truth that it is for us and for the instruction that we receive through it. We ask, oh God, that you would meet with us now in space and time, that you would open our eyes, that we would see, our ears, that we would hear. Open our minds, we would come to know and understand your word, our hearts, that we would feel its power. Then we ask, oh God, that you would lead us out into the world so that we might offer grace with open hands. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was recently struck by the fact that cartoons from my childhood are not as good now as they were when I was a kid. I think some of it has to do with the frame, like if you go back and watch them now, they're like squared up, they're pixelated, they're not clear, and now with everything being in 4K, it's always better. But, but some of it's not just that, it's also the content. I grew up, uh, and one of my favorite cartoons was Voltron. Uh, now, if you're under the age of 32, you have no clue what I'm talking about except for a reference in Ready Player One. That's all you have for Voltron. Uh, but Voltron was, was, it? was a show with the same exact plot line every single episode, as most cartoon uh, superhero activities find. You, you see, there, there, there is uh, uh, an enemy that raises up that offers a grave threat, and then there are these five characters that all have these, these cat-like battle machines, right? And these and these cat-like battle machines go into, into fight, into, into wage this war against evil, and uh, they're effective to a certain extent, but ultimately those five separate are unable to accomplish the task. And so they, uh, instead of being defeated, though, have this incredible capability to unite together in one huge battle machine. And so the five cats become one, and they smite thine enemy, right? Uh, uh, it, it's, it, and it's every episode. It doesn't change. Now, now, some of you might think that it sounds very similar to uh, Power Rangers, Yes, it does, and many other cartoons have the exact same plot. There are these things that are separate that are powerful and effective, but when you put them together, they're even more so. We're going to dig into to, to this this scripture from the Sermon on the Mount, and I want you to remember that this is the Sermon on the Mount, so it's one constant teaching from Jesus to us, uh, and and and. Oftentimes, however, we see these three texts as distinct and different. We don't bind them together. And in and of themselves, each of those has power. Uh, and, and, and I don't want to dismiss the power of those three texts separately, but I want us to take a moment today to see how these three might be able to come together and do even more than we thought possible. But, but I, I need to walk gently because I know that some of these texts uh, are, are near and dear to your hearts, uh, particularly this first ask, uh, and it shall be given to you, seek, and you shall find, knock, and the door will be open to you. Like, like this, is, this is something that we kind of lean into in times of great need, particularly when, when, when we're leaning into the Lord for miraculous prayer, right? And so uh, whenever we tie these texts together, I want you to know I'm not in any way discounting or dismissing the power of prayer. I'm, I'm a firm believer in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 clearly leads us to rejoice always and pray without ceasing. James uh, chapter 5.16, by the way, I love that both of those are chapter 5.16. There is no coincidence there, in my opinion. Uh, the, uh, the prayer of the righteous availeth much. We lean into that as the people of God. We lean into prayer. And so uh, I I want you to hear that. Ask, seek, knock, continue praying fervently. The Lord leads us there. But there might be even more in that text for us as we bring these things together. And and then the, the golden rule. Uh, the, the, the second of the three sections is the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you uh, it's 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 now so commonly stated in our culture and in our society that most of us forget that it is in scripture and we forget that it is the word of Jesus Christ himself and, and so we can't forget that and as as we pull these together I don't want you to think that I'm making the golden rule any less golden hopefully it will actually increase its value for us as we see what Jesus is doing, bringing these things together. And then finally, the third of the sections, it talks about the wide path that leads to destruction and the narrow gate that is the way of life. Maybe the least familiar of these three passages, but critical that this narrow gate, this narrow way is the way of Jesus It leads to life. So we're going to bring them together and we're going to orient ourselves, uh, but, but we're going to take them each in order, look at them separately, and then see how they could be bound up together, uh, bound to one another. So the first, was, we'll start with ask, seek, knock, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find, knock, and the door will be opened for you. Now, for some of us, this text can be difficult because we just want to know where is this door? like like this door that we're supposed to be knocking on I just want to know where it is because uh, think about a time when you've been in a job transition or when you've maybe been been contemplating moving and, and you're you're in the middle of that hunt and you're looking and you're searching and and all of these uh, these websites that you're trying to apply for jobs through you're like like what is that opportunity I'm trying to find if and then finally we, we just kind of rest like Lord, if you would just show me the door you're going to open, then I'll knock on that one. Uh, I know you're going to open a door. I just need to find where that door is. And the same can be said if we actually uh, pull back a second and just, just don't assume that we know what we are to ask for or what we are to seek, and we say, Lord, what, what is that? Honestly, vulnerably, to engage the Lord and say, What am I to ask for? What am I to seek? You say it will be given and I will find it. What am I looking for? What is it that I'll seek? The scripture gives us a little bit of a clue about what that context is by the the reference that Jesus then turns our attention to. Uh, it, it orients us to a relationship between a parent and a child. And I see so many kids here in worship today. Uh, I know that many of you can relate to this. If you don't have kids yet, I want you to think back to, uh, to your relationship with your parents. And I want you to, to pause. And Jesus says, who, who, who has kids that if they ask for bread or fish, would give them a stone or a snake? I mean, that's, that's a... It seems like an obvious question. None of us, right? Uh, unless it was a practical joke and we were just playing with our kids. Like if they ask for bread or fish, what they're actually asking for, what they're seeking is that which will sustain them. It's not extravagant, but it's that which provides sustenance, daily bread as we pray in the Lord's Prayer. And so if our kids are just seeking life daily bread who wouldn't give it to them who actually wants to give them a stone something that imagine eating a stone not only would it not give you sustenance it would hurt you right Uh, and I know some people have eaten snake but you're gross if you've eaten snake I'm sorry uh, that's not what the scripture intends here as a substitute No, it's saying that there is not just uh, that that it's not just going to give you the sustenance. It's also dangerous. So Jesus says, your father in heaven is the same. If you ask for these things that are life for you, sustenance and provision for you, you will find it. It will be given to you. So where? Where? is that door we are to knock on. I think maybe that door and the gate that we'll look out in a little while could be connected for us so that we could find our direction for our prayers and for our life. So the second of these sections is, uh, is the golden rule. And, and we mess it up Culturally. You see, we start after the comma. We say, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But we totally skip over Jesus' orienting teaching. So, in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In everything. Not when it's convenient, not just when it's calm. Not just when it's easy, not just when you want to, not just when you have energy, but in everything, at all times, not just when you come to church on Sundays, not just on Sundays, not just at work, not just at home, in everything, everywhere, at all times, we are to do this instruction that follows. And we fall short of that in our perception of this We think that, that, man, uh, maybe this is just going to be a word of caution for me, right? Uh, Whenever I find myself growing frustrated or, or, or having a challenged engagement, maybe then I need to lean in and say, oh, yeah, now I'm to do unto others as you would have them do unto me. No, at all times, at all times in everything, we are to follow this way of living. And then then secondly, I want to to lean in, do unto others. That word others is not restrictive, it's not limited, it's not clarified so that it would be defined in any way, shape, or form. It's not do unto those that look like me. It's not do unto those that I'm comfortable with. It's not due unto those that I'm in a certain community with, of a certain socioeconomic class with, those that I naturally respect or those that have earned my respect. There is no limit to the others here that Jesus presents in everything to all people. We got to lean in there in everything do unto others. As you would have them do unto you. I I have grown exceedingly frustrated at at some of the nonsense that I've heard coming through my television screen at me from all sides lately. And one one of the foolish things I've heard multiple times over is in this season, it's not enough to follow the golden rule. I've actually heard someone say that. I've heard someone say, in the season, it's not enough to just love. Just love? That's heretical. That's, that's a false teaching. Don't let that seep in to your soul. Jesus tells us that this is radical. This is beyond our, 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 our natural mode of operation. In everything, to all people, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If that were to seep in to our individual and national consciousness, what power? What power would we have? The racist would no longer be able to operate out of a worldview that judges themselves themselves as better than someone else the powerful would engage in relationships humbly with respect and dignity for others because that's how they desire to be treated if we were in everything doing unto others as we would have them do unto Ourselves, we, we, we would not have arsonists because the arsonists would see the building that is being burned and think about the life's work that is, that is poured out in sweat and tears and love in that business. The violent rioter would no longer be violent to other humans because they would not wish that violence upon themselves. If we, we as in everybody, we as the children of God were to operate by this in everything do unto others, all people, as you would have them do unto you, the world would be a better place. In fact, we would have a glimpse of heaven on earth. This is a critical teaching, and having it tied into these, uh, these that precede and follow, is so powerful for us. Now let's turn to this narrow gate. We have this way of uh, that is wide, that is broad, that is easy that leads to destruction, I want to posit for you that, that the easier it is for, for you, the more likely that's the, the wide way, especially in our, in our early days before we know Jesus or in our early days following Jesus, we will find what is easy is most likely to lead to destruction. I want to, I want to put before you that, that this is probably something that's tied to selfishness, Ego, pride—that thing which builds up yourself before others—that would lead to destruction. But then there's this narrow way. There's this narrow way. Uh, in a in a couple of weeks, my family's going on on vacation. Uh, I love vacation. Uh, I particularly love when our vacations are heading outdoors. Uh, We we like to hike, we like to camp, we like to go sit on the river, uh, all all of those sorts of things. And uh, on this trip, we're going to Four Corners for a little while. We're going to spend one night on the north rim of the Grand Canyon, and then we're going to go over to St. George in Utah right at the border. Uh, And one day we're going to go to Zion, Zion National Park, which is like the creme de la creme of national parks. I've never been, but this is like bucket list kind of stuff to get to go to Zion. I'm so looking forward to going to Zion. And, and, and there are a couple of things that when you go to Zion you want to do. One is hike the Narrows, which is this, 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 this uh, narrow ca- uh, canyon, uh, and you hike in the river bottom. And there's, there's a lot of powerful imagery tied to this text for us, but, but rather I want to, us to think through what it would be to hike Angel's Landing. Angel's Landing in Zion is, uh, is well, it's here. Um, it is known as the most dangerous hike in the United States of America. And I want to hike that so bad. <laughs> but my dad's going to be with me. My wife's going to be with me. My seven-year-old non-diagnosed ADHD Sam is going to be with me. Uh, it would be crazy to, uh, to hike that with them. But, but maybe I'll find a way with, uh, with, with Aiden, uh, my teenage son, and maybe one of his friends will go hike that. But, but I want you to see this narrow way. It is, uh, it is a ridgeback that goes up and over and then back down, and it is drop canyon on both sides. It's so dangerous that the National uh, Park Services decided to put chains uh, and poles there to help people get up and down. Aiden says that that means that they have wussified the hike, uh, and, and he's not as interested as he once was. But, but still... I want you to think about what this narrow path looks like and how easy it would be to fall away from that narrow way, to get back into that easy, self-indulgent, wide path that leads to destruction, these gaping wide valleys that would be so much simpler This language of of, of gate, this narrow gate, brings us to a a point of reflection in the gospel of John, chapter 10. Jesus uh, gives us uh, some description about who he is. And and we think about all of the names of Jesus, son of man, son of God, Lord, shepherd, good shepherd. We have all of these, all these names for Jesus. One that we oftentimes forget comes to us in John, chapter 10, beginning in verse 9, where Jesus says, I am the gate, Not only is he the shepherd, he's the gate. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is the gate, and when we enter through him, he gives us life, abundant life. And did you hear the consistency in the gospel of Jesus Christ? That same life is brought to us in chapter 7 of the gospel of Matthew, verse 14. Small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. This leads to life, abundant life, eternal life. This is the pathway that we are to walk. But but here is the sad news and yet what gives us hope because it ties this whole passage together. It says, only few find it. Many find the wide way, the way that leads to destruction, but only few find this narrow way. That's sad to me. It breaks my heart. But it's not because Jesus has made it hard to find. It's not because he has made this path an exclusive path. Jesus has opened up this narrow gate and welcomed us in. You hear that word find? Do you remember what we opened this this text with? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Find. If you seek Jesus, if you seek the narrow way, you will find it. It is there for everyone. And when you find it, it's going to give you life, and that life looks like the golden rule. It looks like you going out and at all times and all places to everyone, doing to them as you would have them do to you. So I want us to get a little bit less complicated here. To make it a a little bit easier on ourselves and to realize that this life, this life of service and love for others is here for you and for me. All we have to do is seek it. And it's given. It's that simple, and yet it's that profound. Why do so few find it? The only answer could be because so few ask for it. And so few ask for it because we have yet to declare clearly enough And consistently enough that it is there available for you. So brothers and sisters, life, life eternal and abundant is right here for you. It's in the name of Jesus, the narrow gate, and that narrow gate will lead to a life that is glorious and full of goodness as we do unto others, as we would have them do unto us. Let's walk that narrow path. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, what a profound word we receive as we Dig into the depth of what you have for us. Lord, I thank you that your scripture it speaks in unison to us and, and leads us in this way. Lord, leads us to your son, Jesus. So, so Jesus, we come. Jesus, we come. We come so that that, that, that we could... Uh, we, we could walk in your way, not our own way, not the way that is, that, that is easy for us or plain to us, but the way that, that, that confounds us because it leads us uh, out beyond ourselves to love the world as you love the world. So God, we ask now that you would transform our hearts, that you would provide a, a convicting movement of your Holy Spirit so that with our whole hearts, we would seek you and find you. In Jesus' name we pray.